0: BBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. After the most important week of the year in Parliament, I discussed polarised party politics with the Minister for Digital and Financial Services, Albert Isola. Is Parliament family-friendly? The outgoing leader of Together Gibraltar, Marlene Hassan-Naon, thinks it is not. And Janet Howitt said the Environmental Safety Group is disappointed that the budget did not allocate funding for the climate emergency. But first, the Conservative Partido Popular is set to win this Sunday's general election in Spain. The GBC News editor Christine Vasquez had the details.
1: All the polls are predicting a win for the PP, for the Partido Popular, and they will short um, they will fall short of a majority. they will need to have some sort of alliance with Vox. So that's certainly, as you say, not good news for Gibraltar.
0: And that's because uh, the Socialist Party is seen as uh, friendliest towards Gibraltar. They have been in power um, during these recent months when uh, Gibraltar has been negotiating with the UK and the European Union for its future relationship with Spain, primarily, and with the rest of the EU. Um, And um, and they're seen as uh, more reasonable interlocutors, even though, ultimately, the PSOE also wants Gibraltar... To be Spanish, uh, as does the Partido Popular and Vox.
1: Yes, that's right. We've always th- uh, thought that a socialist government would be good for us. Um, and uh, Figueroa is actually seen. So that's the leader of the Pepe Alberto Figueroa, is actually seen as quite moderate. He, but it, the, the danger is, of course, that we have heard Vox uh, coming up with things like they would close the frontier and um, a lot of posturing and a lot of threats against Gibraltar. And we do know that the Bebe would have to seek a coalition deal with Vox. Um, it depends how positive you are. At the end of the day, the posturing might mean nothing, and uh, when when it comes down to brass tacks, then you you might find that Realpolitik comes in, and and they are willing to make some sort of a deal. But of course, as you say, a lot harder. Interesting times ahead. No more polls for a week in Spain. They do have that sort of um, week's rest before the election. The election is on Sunday. We'll find out more then.
0: Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Parliament resumes tomorrow morning at 10. The Chief Minister will round off what is generally considered to be the most important week in Parliament. Now, it's our pleasure to be joined by the Minister for Digital and Financial Services, Albert Isola. Good afternoon, Mr Isola. Uh,
2: It it is the most important week in Parliament, isn't it? Jonathan, good afternoon. I think it is. I mean, it's been described as a State of the Nation uh, address that the Chief Minister makes, and we'll be doing so again tomorrow in his reply. Um, And I think for me, uh, when you consider that we are months away from a general election, um, I would have expected this budget session to be particularly interesting with new ideas, new policies. um, And I think that's why, for me, it's been so disappointing. I haven't seen any new ideas, any fresh innovation coming from any of the members of the opposition. They've tended to just criticise for the sake of criticising, which I think is a, a shame, and a lost opportunity to tell the people what their ideas are. They literally have come up with nothing. All they've come up with, really, in real terms, is to say that we're spending too much money. Well, that would be credible if, at the same time, you say... I would have not had so many scholarships, or I would have spent less on health, or I would have spent less on education, or I would have spent less on marketing, or that's more credible. What you can't do is criticize the spending at the same time as you're saying you should be doing more here, more there, all of which are linked to spending. So I I, I think it's it's an opportunity lost um, for, for, for what is, as you say, the important week in our parliamentary calendar.
0: Now, if you permit me to say so, you would say that,
2: wouldn't you? Well you're on the other side. Well, yes, but I'm on the other side. This is meant to be a government in waiting. This is meant to be people offering themselves to the electorate. I don't think that you'll find a single person out there on the streets who has got a single idea about one policy that this government that this opposition has. So what is it that they're telling the people to vote for in months ahead? Nothing. So although you would say that, I I I, am just staggered that the, the the talks that have been coming through each of the members of the opposition have gone for personal attack and not for offering the people what they would like to do if they were ever elected into government. It's called you know the, it's meant to be a government awaiting. This is like an opposition in waiting. I don't know who they're trying to appeal to um, because they're not giving them anything to hope for. And so when I spoke, uh, I, I I told them that I saw them as a tired and jaded group they really do come across as devoid of idea devoid of policy and devoid of any form of innovation all of them without exception which i find quite staggering um uh, and the one that i think is probably most effective who's daniel uh Fietum, i i understand is leaving as well so I, I, I it's just a lost opportunity i think our democracy needs good opposition uh, and i think this week we've lost it you said leaving as well leaving as well as you No, Gilbert this morning has told Parliament that he's leaving. I've made it very clear in in respect of myself that um, my decision on whether I stay or whether I go will be made at the appropriate time. I've still got an awful lot of work to do. I don't want to distract from the work that I've got on. Um, There's a huge amount still to be done uh, in the months ahead, particularly in the areas of the GHA, which I'm very focused on. Um, And and so, for me, it's a distraction. I don't want to get into that discussion at this moment in time.
0: But but there seems to be a lot of speculation that, that you will leave.
2: Uh, speculation fine i'm i'm focusing on the job in hand i'm looking at all the things that i need to do to deliver within this term of office that's my obligation that's my promise to the people and that's what i'm delivering on
0: You're the health minister, uh, as well as being the Mm. minister for digital and financial services. Um, One of the criticisms from the GSD opposition is that your forecast for expenditure next year, for how much you're going to spend on the health authority, is unrealistic, uh, Mm. and and that uh, it, it doesn't reflect the numbers that we've seen in the past two years, and we heard Roy Clinton um, sitting where you are on Friday say that you're doing so in order to be able to predict a surplus next year, to, to say we're returning to financial stability, when really, uh, then what you'll do is you'll come to Parliament uh, and you'll ask for supplementary monies um, and, uh, and, and the Health Authority will have to cost more, as it has yeah. done for the past two years. Yeah,
2: I, I think, Gilbert... Um, explained this morning in his reply, in his excellent reply, just how far off the opposition are with their numbers. Um, it's staggering that people that are putting themselves out as knowledgeable on numbers, they've had a long time to go through these numbers, can get them so fundamentally and simplistically wrong. Um, when you talk about the, the, the GHA, and when they talk about that the, all we're trying to do is get to a surplus, I demonstrated in my response that we had estimated last year that The gaming sector would contribute, I think it was 96 or 97 million pounds to government revenues. It's 127, so it's almost 30 million more. Um, and they say that we are worried uh, about what the estimates are going to provide us for, and the numbers could be that the surplus could be blown away. Well, these people have been doing this for a long time. We know how the estimate system work, they are estimates, and what better? I mean. They they complain that we're spending too much and then when we try and constrain ourselves to spending less, they criticize that also. So they are devoid of credibility, unfortunately. Um, If they were saying to us, you should cut sponsored patients, then I'd say, okay, then there's going to be a saving there or you should cut uh, um, cancer services or, or, or increase prescription costs. Those would be discussions that we could have which would be legitimate. But to simply pass this broad brush in the way that they do, doesn't serve debate, doesn't serve ideas and better ways of moving forward, which we would welcome. If somebody comes and tells me in Parliament, Albert, we think you should be doing this or that, my God, I'd listen. I'd listen because if there are ideas that will benefit the taxpayer and benefit the people of Gibraltar, I will take them on. Absolutely no problem at all.
0: Now, for let, let me ask you a question as... Uh, adopting the perspective of a, a citizen listening into parliament um you know i i listen in with with an interest in politics but, but there'll be a lot of people who are mainly interested in the reality of the situation rather than the political discourse and i know that the 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 truth is somewhere in there but uh, a lot of what we hear said in, in the Parliament, uh, and in particular in the past week, which we're talking about now, has been framed from a party political perspective. So you've come in and, and, and you've, with respect, been uh, focusing a lot of your comments on uh, how poorly you think the GSD opposition has performed. Yeah. Uh, you've criticised them for for doing the exact same with you. Uh, and I think that uh, a lot of people are, are left wondering, well, what is the real state of The nation, and and, and let me put to you uh, the numbers, uh, £148 million spent for the past two years uh, on the health authority, why is it that it's going to cost £125 million and and not more this year? Look,
2: I I think the importance of this week and the importance of Parliament to people is that the State of the Nation address that the Chief Minister gives in his budget address affects each and every person in our streets. So when the chief minister announces that he's going to increase or reduce tax like he did this year for those earning less than £100,000, it has an immediate impact. And the entirety of every single minister's uh, deliveries at Estimates' time is to tell them what we've done over the past 12 months and what we're going to be doing over the next 12 months. So I detailed in respect of the GHA all the major points, because there are too many to mention, otherwise I'd still be there... (laughs) um, describing all the major key things that we've done in the past 12 months and what we want to do in the next 12 months. We talk a lot in Parliament about waiting lists. Why are the waiting lists A? Why the the waiting list B? Look, the waiting lists can be fixed at the switch of a button. Pay the money and get rid of all of them. But it's not feasible. And so what you find with dealing with estimates and dealing with the work of each of the departments throughout the year is trying to balance out the money that is being voted to you and what it costs to live the service. But if there's one service in Gibraltar that is uh, uh, consumer-driven, it's health. If we have more people getting ill, it's going to cost us more money. If we have less people getting ill, it's going to cost us less money. We've had COVID just two years ago. We are still suffering the back end of COVID. You will hear a lot of people who are getting particularly bad flus this year. Look, that translates to money, unfortunately. But if there's one thing we're going to do and if there's one area where we don't mind overspending, it's in looking after our people. And so I am not going to get into drawn, get drawn into a debate as to whether we should be cutting sponsored patients, cutting scholarships for our students, because those are the areas, if anywhere, that we need to be investing like we already have. We need to keep investing to ensure that we give our people the very best opportunity and services. And so um, for me, I, I mentioned in my budget speech that Over the last 12 months, I've had 185 parliamentary questions each month on the GHA. Not one of them is about overspending. Not one of them is about new ideas as to where we can do things better. Not one of them is about cost-cutting. So to come once a year and say we're spending too much money is just a nonsense. You know, we need to be more serious about the politics that we have. And if, as I've said, if they come with ideas of doing things better, the first person that will take those ideas up, if they are, and I believe they will work, will be me. Absolutely no question at all. Mr. Isola, what impact could a
0: no-negotiated outcome have on uh, two of the sectors that you've highlighted uh, in your speech and in your interview, gaming and... uh, I don't know if you mentioned insurance,
2: actually, but gaming and insurance. Gaming and financial services. Uh, Okay, more generally, no? Yeah. Um, Look, I think we've made it absolutely clear that part of the reason for wanting to reach a treaty agreement is that it is important to those two sectors that you've just uh, mentioned. Uh, There's no question that if we're going to have people crossing the frontier on a daily basis come to work, uh, particularly in in, in gaming, where a large chunk of them are working uh, away, um, we would have to do some serious thinking as to how we can rejig that business to keep it alive. My my guess, my best guess would be that we'd probably have to have less people working in the industry and more being done away, um, but still the nucleus would stay. We've faced up to Brexit. What do you mean away, though? Outside of Gibraltar, so we'd keep the main brains and more services would be outsourced. Uh, that's that's a, a so, likely. So we'd lose consequence. we'd lose jobs in Gibraltar. We would lose su- some of the jobs, but hopefully we would retain a sufficient nucleus to keep the businesses here. That is what this treaty and the, its importance to these two sectors has all been about, which is why Fabian and Joseph spend so much time. And that's why the treaty is so important to us, and that is why I keep talking about we keep Gibraltar safe, because to go into these discussions, not having an idea about what has happened in the past, not understanding really, because from their speeches like it's clear they don't, that they can walk in and do a better job. In fact, they accept they can't themselves by saying in mitigation that they will, invite us, they will invite Fabian to go with them. I mean, that's an admission that you're not up to it yourselves. So the treaty is critically important for our community. Um, and, you know, we, we've survived the Brexit trawl where we lost all of our European business uh, for our gaming firms. And today, we still have 3,700 jobs in gaming, even though most of the business that we had previously was in the European Union. We've lost that. So we've adjusted. We've worked around it. We've worked... With the gaming companies to ensure that we can still have a, a service of quality from Gibraltar for them. And they've grown. Um, less operators, but with more people than there were. It's just, it's just remarkable what, what we've been able to do with our gaming firms, as with our insurance. The insurance is far less reliant on people, let's be clear. Um, the, the insurance does not have that problem that gaming does.
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you ever so much for that explanation, the Minister for Digital, Financial, and Broadcasting Services, Albert Isola. Thank you for joining thank us you. and utilities and 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 thank other God. stuff. We could talk thank to you, you about other stuff but hopefully much,
2: and congratulations. We'll have on a chance to
0: Gibraltar today with Jonathan Scott. In what is set to be her last budget speech, Marlene Hassan Naun said the Chief Minister had carefully manipulated timings in Parliament to ensure the opposition is seen and heard as little as possible. The Together Gibraltar leader said Fabian Picardo had ensured the government had spoken in parliament from around 10 in the morning till 5.30 in the afternoon to ensure a better audience and more time uh, for the media to to deal with those speeches, presumably, while ensuring that the opposition started later in the afternoon and that they continued into the evening. So let's bring you uh, some highlights from what Malen Hassan Naon had to say.
3: The issue is nothing else. It's a simple, plain and simple issue. A grossly uneven playing field. And that's when our democracy begins to wilt, Mr Speaker. This is a disgraceful disrespect to MPs and the work we do in this house and to our democracy in general. And I find it utterly insulting. It also shows how poorly this house works where the leader of the House has all the power to play his dirty, petty games with all of us, Mr Speaker.
0: Marlene Hassan-Naun also said that the government has not cared that Parliament is not family-friendly for members of Parliament. The Together Gibraltar leader said, in recent years, long sessions have usually started at 3pm, which has made it hard for her as a single mother.
3: As a single mother, and in all my time in this House... We have usually commenced post 3 p.m. over the years. I can assure you that for a mother, this start time is anything but family friendly. I have often over the years had no choice to, from this very seat, to have to coach my children through homework challenges and order them their dinner through my phone. Often juggling all of these tasks in between questions and answer sessions builds emotions. I haven't seen a care in the world from the other side about this reality for me as a woman or any other potential woman who might be looking at the possibilities of joining Parliament. And I am one of the lucky ones, Mr Speaker, with a good support system around me. I wonder how a woman with kids who wants to get involved in politics would manage these family-friendly hours, Mr Speaker. Perhaps. In Australia, they're family friendly when you juxtapose the timings. I mean, maybe this is friendly to the overwhelming number of dads in the chamber. Perhaps for them, getting home late works really well for them. But not for us women, Mr Speaker, because we're often taking on the entire mental and physical load of our family responsibilities.
0: Marlene Hassan-Naon said that she hopes more women will be able to make Parliament their place of work in the future. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. The Environmental Safety Group has said that it's disappointed uh, that the funding needed for the climate change strategy wasn't announced in this year's budget. The group believes that it's time to face the climate emergency now, and um, it's published a wish list with plans to discuss uh, with the parties who will be standing for uh, election in in the coming months. Let's say good afternoon now to Janet Howitt of the Environmental Safety Group. Uh, Janet, you were disappointed then that um, the budget didn't bring any uh, funding, seemingly, uh, for the climate change strategy, No, no obvious sort of demarcation of money for the climate change strategy no
4: good afternoon Jonathan thanks for having me here Um, yes I think you know we were we were waiting uh, until the final sort of speeches to see if anything further would be announced of course there is implied funding via incentives and taxations and everything but we were really hopeful that on the back of the climate committee um, report in June um, stating that while a lot of work had been had been started that uh, a lot more was needed as well as funding. And so with the budget coming on behind this, we were hoping that this would be highlighted. And and it's essential. Uh, without funding and leadership uh, of this kind, of prioritising it, um, then the strategy is going to take an awful long time to get going, and we don't have that time.
0: And do you think it's literally a victim to the COVID-19 pandemic and the economic recovery? It's or defi- do you think that it could be hidden
4: I mean, in there? It's definitely been been completely like quashed and moved to the sides as it has done all over the world you know if anything we've seen a a resumption of oil and gas and the war in Ukraine you know and everything's been thrown out of zinc completely but um, at the same time you know a climate strategy was also on the back of global protests of global petitions you know we've had that we had that locally and the emergency was was proclaimed and supported in Parliament, um, and the strategy came out of that. So all the homework has been done, and we know that there were always going to be issues facing, particularly Gibraltar, with our border and Brexit. Um, These kind of things even compound the problems that our small nation faces, but the strategy was seen as critical, and so a funding programme from government, supported across party level, should be as politically important as everything else that we are doing at present. And that's what we're talking about, is priority. So the Parliamentary Select Committee, for example, that was announced at the last election, because everybody recognised that many in the community are very worried about the future. We're seeing the planet extremes, the weather extremes, the temperatures going crazy. You know, we're seeing all these these things. We can't wait any longer before, however effective or, or, or Unaffect, non-effective. It could be. We still have to play our part and do what we must do and prioritise it. So the parliamentary Statement committee is is a, would be a sign that leadership from all you know from all the parties uh, want to make this priority. Because it's not just so the- government, but it's also the opposition parties have to prioritise this too.
3: Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from one to two getting behind the headlines and you can catch up here whenever you like until next time have a good one
0: gbc podcasts local voices on demand